Hey, what's up, folks? It's your boy, Sports PSP. Sorry, folks. It's been a week since I have been off the air. Needed to take a little vacay. Need to get some things off my chest. But anyway, I'm here, folks. Welcome to another episode of Commander's Demand on the Grid Network. Tonight's episode, we're going to discuss some things regarding uh, the Washington Commander's preseason. Ron Rivera's comments about Sam Howell regretting him not starting sooner then later last year, we're going to talk about the NSCE standings and so much more on Commander's Demand. Stay tuned because Commander's Demand starts right now. You're watching Commander's Demand with your host, Sports PSP, exclusively on the Grid Network. Good evening, folks. It's your boy, Sports PSP. Welcome to another episode of Commander's Demand. Hope everyone is enjoying a fantastic and wonderful day. We are about a week and a half away of football season, folks. A week and a half away. I mean, I can't. Man, is I can't wait, folks. I, I, I just can't wait for the 2023 season. I can't wait to see what the Commanders can do. Although I've been on the record saying that they should tank the rest of the season to try to get Caleb Williams, and that's definitely not going to happen this season. Considering what the Arizona Cardinals are doing right now, it seems like to me they're in complete tanking mode. They're going to try to get Caleb Williams, and they're going to trade Kyler Murray. But that's a story for another day. But hope everyone is enjoying a fantastic evening, having myself a little DiSerrano. Mm, that's a good drink right there. But folks, man, let's just talk about the Commanders this season. They were 3-0, undefeated um, against the Browns. They won Monday night football game against the Baltimore Ravens. Pretty convincing win because given the fact that Baltimore had a 24-25 consecutive game-winning streak in the preseason, although it was dumb on Ron Rivera's part to ice the kicker. But um, what I was very impressed and pleased the most with Washington was Sam Howell. Now, folks, I've been on the record, and I'll continuously say this about Sam Howell. I liked him coming out of North Carolina. Um, but do I think he is the long-term solution for the commanders at quarterback? Perhaps not. I think he could be a good quarterback, a solid quarterback, but do I think he could be a franchise-altering quarterback? Do I think he can be a generational talent? Do I think he can be the savior for the Washington Commanders? I don't I, I don't see that. I, I really don't see that with Sam Howell. I think he could be good. I think he could be solid, but that's really about it. I, I don't really think that he is going to be the difference maker for the team. Although you can say, well, the preseason, but again, it is the preseason. And again, this is his first year as a starter. So there hasn't been much film, or much tape. But nevertheless, I have been very pleased from what I've seen from Sam Howell. And he looked great the Monday night football game against the Baltimore Ravens. I think he went 19 to 24, 19 to 25, 188 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a passer rating of 123.4. 
He looked very sharp. He looked very smooth. He looked very impressive. On offense, the other person who looked very impressive was Jahan Dotson. And Jahan Dotson has been really stepping it up. And we're going to, at some point, we're going to talk about how good, how good Washington's offense, particularly the wide receiver core, is going to be with Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson. That is an underrated wide receiver duo. We talk about Tyreek Hill. We talk about uh, Jamar Chase. We talk about A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. You know, we're going to have to talk about Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. We know what Terry McLaurin can do. Three consecutive seasons of over 1,000 yards, made the Pro Bowl last year, and we've seen him do it with not with no-name quarterbacks. Jahan Dotson is taking that next step up, folks. Don't sleep on him. Um, on the flip side with the offense, it comes the bad. And, of course, folks, it goes with the offensive line. I'm just not sold on the offensive line. Um, our offensive line is just bad. And I'm being very generous when I say bad. I, I could say deplorable, awful, putrid, abysmal. They are just that bad. And one of the concerns that I'm going to have with Sam Howell is that how is he going to escape the pocket and is he going to have enough protection? That is the concern I'm going to have with the commanders um, moving forward and heading into 2023. But um, this is huge. I mean, we got to work. We got to address our offensive line, folks. We just have to. Because how are we going to stand up against the Eagles D-line, the Cowboys D-line, the Giants D-line? Our offensive line is going to get slaughtered going up against those teams. And we have to face them twice a year. And we got to look at other competition in the NFC and in the AFC. So what is Washington's offensive line is going to do? Well, I think you're going to have to do as much as you can. And then after the season, you're going to have to make some decisions in the draft to get all line. If you believe Sam Howell is the guy for you going forward. That's up to Washington to determine that. I mean, do I think Sam Howell is the future? Probably not. But again, that's up to the new ownership. And that's up to Ron Rivera. Maybe not Ron Rivera because... We all know, folks, that this may be it for him. And it's up to Eric Bieniemy to see whether or not what are they going to do in order to help Sam Howell out. Speaking of Sam Howell and also speaking of Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera spoke to uh, Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer. And he regretted not starting Sam Howell sooner last year. This was during Sam Howell's rookie season. We all know Sam Howell started in the season finale against the Dallas Cowboys. And this is the quote from Ron Rivera. Let's see if I have it right here. Right here. Yeah, this is from Ron Rivera. This is what he told Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback on Sports Illustrated. 
you can ask Stephanie. He's referring to um his wife, Stephanie Rivera. All we fucking talked about was the quarterback, what the quarterback did, who he was. I kept, I kept saying, fuck, if I would have known this, I would have played him sooner. When you only have so much time to show it, it's hard. I kept thinking, God. But after that game, everything told me this kid, give him the opportunity and see what he does with it. This is what one Ron Rivera had to say about Sam Howell. Now, folks, anyone who's watched Commander's Demand or anyone who's watched me on the Sports PSP podcast, I have been on the record saying I never wanted Carson Wentz. Never wanted him in the first place, folks. When they announced last year that they were going to trade him, Tra uh, that the commanders were going to trade to acquire Carson Wentz. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Absolutely fucking kidding me that they acquired this dude. Carson Wentz last year wasn't playing particularly well. He got hurt. Taylor Heineke came in, who I thought should have been the starter for the rest of the 2022 season because I thought he showed much more potential with the commander's offense, and I felt like he was putting us in a better position to win as opposed to Carson Wentz. I will never forget this game to my life, because last year, the commanders had a chance. They had a good enough chance to make the playoffs last year. It was a home game last year. I, I don't remember it was week 15 or week 16 or week 17 against the Cleveland Browns. It was a home game. Deshaun Watson started, played that game. Now, Deshaun Watson didn't play much of the season because he was facing the NFL games, uh, 11 game suspension because of off the field incidents. It was an opportunity for Washington to win that game to put us in the best position possible to secure a playoff spot. And the dumb, idiotic thing that Ron Rivera decided to do, instead of either putting in Taylor Heineke or Sam Howell as the starter in that game, he decided to go with Carson Wentz. Why? Why, Ron? Why? Why would you put Car why would you do that to the team considering how bad Carson Wentz was that season? If you did not want to go with Taylor Heineke, you could have went with Sam Howell, but instead you decided to go with Carson Wentz, who we've seen what he is in his final year with the Eagles and his first and last year with the Indianapolis Colts. Why, Ron? Why would you make a decision like that? It makes utterly no sense. And what I've seen from Ron Rivera in Washington, he continuously puts his foot in his mouth. He does. This is the same Ron Rivera who a few weeks ago 
admitted that some of the commander's players were a little too concerned about Eric Bieniemy's intensity. And then later, he admitted he stuck his foot in his mouth. And he still continuously does it. Why do you continuously do this, Ron? Why do you continuously put your foot in your mouth? Why is it for once? You know what? I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to do that. I can. I, I, I've embarrassed the franchise. I've embarrassed myself enough. Why put myself in that type of situation? And this is the same Ron Rivera who in week two of a preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night decided to ice the kicker. Ron, what are you thinking? Why do you put yourself in these types of situations, these predicaments? Why? It's not helping the team. It's not helping the organization. It's not helping us as commanders fans. It's like you haven't even learned from your mistakes. Jesus, Ron. I mean, I would expect much better from a head coach. But clearly when you continuously open your mouth, and when you make bonehead decisions in football games, it just shows us how clueless you are. It's dumb. Do you even take the time to think, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't. I should not say this at all because you know what? It's just gonna get me um gonna get uh commanders fans like sports PSP and others furious. And believe it or not, this is a make it or break a year for Ron Rivera because he is now entering year four as the commander's head coach. Considering the new ownership with Josh Harris and with Magic Johnson, Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. And I believe after this season, he will leave Washington. Will he ever be a head coach again? Maybe not. Maybe as a defensive-minded guy, but not as a head coach because he continuously makes pivotal, bad, boneheaded, scratching decisions. And the more he talks, I just feel like the more he just makes it worse. No duh, you should have started Sam Howell or Taylor Heineke instead of Carson. Instead, you decided to put in Carson Wentz. Why? Why, Ron? Why do you do this? I, I mean, you it's like you can't even help yourself. You can't even help yourself. You, you just can't help yourself. It, it seems like to me you continuously put your foot in your mouth or you continuously shoot yourself in the foot. When you make, when you make statements and make bad decisions, man, like why? 
You got to be more cognizant of what you think and what you say. And he doesn't realize that. Like, I, I, I just don't understand why he, he makes these types of statements, man. It makes no sense whatsoever. I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. Someone help me understand who Ron Rivera is, man, because he continues. I, I don't know what he's doing. And he's just giving me little no faith in the team. And you think I like being and you think I like being down on my team? I don't like being down on my team, but at the same time, I gotta call it for what it is. I have to call it for what it is, folks. I just don't trust Ron Rivera. I just don't trust someone who makes these bad decisions. I'm sorry, I just don't. And I feel like he's going to be a huge reason of why we are going to struggle and why we are going to struggle in the NFC East division. So let's talk about the NFC East division. Let's talk about the NFC East predictions. As you all know, folks, you got the Dallas Cowboys on the top left corner and the bottom left corner, you got the New York Giants. And on the top right corner, you got the NFC champion, not only NFC East champions, but the NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, you got Washington. So what are my thoughts about the NFC East division? Believe it or not, I honestly have the Dallas Cowboys. I cannot believe I'm saying this of all teams. I, I can't stand the Cal Dallas Cowboys. I can't stand their fans. I think they're nauseating. I think they're delusional. I think they live in Fantasy Island. But they should win the division. Because I don't because I don't believe the Philadelphia Eagles are going to replicate what they did last season. Although you can make an argument that the NFC is literally wide open, the NFC is nowhere near the AFC, where you have to deal with teams like Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Now you have to throw in the New York Jets because of Aaron Rodgers. The NFC is open. I mean, outside of Philadelphia. And maybe and San Francisco to a lesser extent, who are teams that you look at and you can say that could really legitimately compete in the NFC and go all the way? It, it seems wide open in the NFC. But when you look at Philadelphia, I think it's going to be very difficult for Philadelphia to replicate the type of season that they had last year. I think defensive teams are going to be better prepared going up against the Eagles offense. I also think, though, that Jalen Hurts, and I love Jalen Hurts because he went to one of my favorite schools that I still support, OU, Oklahoma. I do think he's going to take a step back. I do think that the Eagles, they will still compete. They'll still make the playoffs, but I do not have them winning the division. When is the last time a team in the NFC East division 
has won it back-to-back years. You got to go back to the Eagles back in 03 and 04. The reason why I have the Dallas Cowboys winning the division, and I'm going to talk about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, you know, has been receiving a lot of criticism, and rightfully so, for his performance last year. Um, Didn't play that many games because of injury, but he was tied for the most interceptions last year, 15, with Davis Mills of the Houston Texans. Obviously, we heard the recent news about the Dallas Cowboys trading a fourth-round pick to San Francisco, to the San Francisco 49ers, in exchange for Trey Lance. Now, Trey Lance, folks, we all know the 49ers moved up in the draft to select him with the third overall pick. And I think it's fair to say at this point, Trey Lance is a bust. Because if we're going to say that with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, Sam Darnold, the third overall pick, if we're going to criticize them and call them bust, we're going to have to say that with Trey Lance. We have to keep that same energy. Last year, you could look at it and say, well, Trey Lance was hurt. But I look at it from the standpoint, the, he lost the backup job to Brock Purdy, uh, I'm, to Sam Darnold. We knew that Brock Purdy was going to be the starter, considering how well he played last year and what he shown them, um, what he shown the 49ers management and organization. But the fact that Trey Lance lost the star, uh, lost the backup job to Sam Darnold, that says something to me, because it tells me the 49ers made a huge mistake selecting him with the third overall pick not only selecting him with the third pick, trading up in the draft. And if you look at that draft, there were some noticeable players that they could have drafted. They could have went with um, Mac Jones or Justin Fields at quarterback. If they wanted to go in the direction of defense, they they could have drafted Michael Parsons. Jamar Chase was even there. So... There was a lot of talent that they left off. And yes, uh, my boy, uh, Willie Williams, that was wild. Yeah, that trade was wild, though. But you know what? The more you actually look at that trade, I think it was because of Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones went with that trade because Jerry Jones likes box office. And I think at this point with Jerry Jones, he may be done with Dak Prescott. I think the reason why this trade happened is because he feels like ever since Dak, when he gave Dak that contract, Dak has been living up to the stuff. Jerry's getting up there in age. I think Jerry is reaching his um, reaching his stage in mortality. And then uh, Willie said, put pressure on Dak as well as I think. Yep. And there you go. Yeah. But I, but I think Trey Lance will probably start until next season or in 2025. Because in 2025, Dak will be a free agent. But speaking of Dak, I think considering the year that Dak had last year, I think Dak has a lot to prove. Dak has a lot to show that, you know what, this is going to be the year that I got to bounce back. And considering the fact that the 49, uh, that the Cowboys, without even consulting Dak and Mike McCarthy, that Jerry Jones decided to make this trade, 
by trading a fourth round pick for Trey Lance, there's going to be some pressure on Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott has to live up to that. And a lot of times I've called him overrated. A lot of times I, I even said he's the black Kirk Cousins because I think he's a good, solid quarterback who can put up numbers, but you can't consistently or heavenly rely upon him to win big games and big moments. And you got a good enough defense led by Marka Parsons, led by Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. So this is a make it or break a year for Dak. I actually do think the Dallas Cowboys should win the division. Not because I like the Cowboys. I don't. I don't like their fans. But it's going to be hard for the Eagles to replicate what they did last season. So I have Dallas winning the division at one. I have the Eagles at two. I think they'll take a little step back. But I still think they're going to be good enough to win, um, to compete for a playoff spot. And then you look at third between New York and Washington. I think Daniel Jones had an impressive year last year because of Brian Dabble, the head coach. Daniel Jones, and again, I've always go, gone back and forth. Why did the Giants draft him with the sixth overall pick? We all knew Kyler Murray was going to be number one. It was either him or rest his soul, Dwayne Haskins Jr. And Dave Gettleman was the GM at the time. Did you felt like you drafted him because you felt like he was the best quarterback available? Or did you draft him because he went to Duke? He went with he played with uh, David Cutcliffe, who worked with the Mannings. And you felt like this would be the guy to supersede or be the successor to Eli Manning. Daniel Jones had a good season. He was solid. He played well in the playoff game, his first playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings, and won. Um, they did get Saquon back, Barkley back, but only for one year. The Giants won that one because Saquon does not have a no-franchise tag clause in his contract. So right after the season, they could put, put the franchise tag on him. They did add some pieces by Jalen Hyatt, who was a big steal coming out of the University of Tennessee. So you give Daniel Jones another weapon to work with. And look, he hasn't had much weapons to work with. I mean, outside of Darius Slayton, I mean, come on, Kenny Galladay, that was bad. That was really bad. Uh, and, and when you look at the Giants, um, their defense, I think they have a solid defense. But when I look at Washington, I have them finishing last place in the division. I do. I have them finishing last place in the division. And when you look at their schedule, let me see if I have their schedule right here. I know I do. Yeah, you look at it right there. You look at the rest of the commander's schedule in 2023. So, you know, we got week one against the Arizona Cardinals, then week two against the Broncos. I give myself, we should be 2-0. Because when you look at the Cardinals week one, they should, they're tanking the rest of the season. They're going to do whatever they can to get Caleb Williams. And when you look at week two away, even though it's at Denver, but is Russell Wilson going to have a big bounce back season? We know Denver's defense, they're going to compete. And we know Sean Payton is going to be there. But it all depends on Russell Wilson and his play. So I feel pretty comfortable we go 2-0. and 
Then we have a home game against the Bills. I see us losing that one. Then we lose to the Eagles October 1st. Then we have a Thursday night football game against the Chicago Bears. I'll be watching that game on Amazon. The Commanders should win that game. Although I do expect Justin Fields to have an improvement year. Not a huge year, not a huge improvement year, but an improvement year nevertheless. I do think that the Commanders at home with that fan base there, and I think with Sam Howell, I do think we should win that one. So we should be three and two. Then October 15th, we got um we got the Atlanta Falcons. We go on the road against Atlanta. Atlanta's offense does scare me because of the potential that they have with Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Um, but I'm not concerned about the Falcons defense. So I think we should win that one, four and two. Then on the road to the New York Giants, we should lose that one. And then we should lose that one to the Eagles. So you make it four and four. Then on the road against the Patriots. That's a tough one for me because when you look at it, Bill Belichick, the defense, defense has been his signature. But the problem is, is who's it going to be? Is it Mac Jones? Is it going to be Bailey Zappi? I'm going to give the Patriots that one. I'm going to give the Patriots that one. So you put Washington four and five. Then they'll be four and six because they're going up against the Seahawks. And I do believe Geno Smith is a better quarterback than people give him credit for. A lot of people thought that Geno last year, that was a fluke. I don't think it's a fluke at all. I think Geno Smith, in my opinion, is a top 10 quarterback. Then November 19th, home against the Giants. I'll give... Washington that one. So you make it five and six. Now, November 23rd, on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we do, I do remember four years ago during the pandemic season, Washington, that was a great game in which we shitted on the Dallas Cowboys. I think it was like 41 to 16. But assuming if Dak Prescott stays healthy, assuming if Dallas defense continuously does what he does, what they do putting pressure on Sam Howell and the offensive line. I still think it's going to be a heavenly tight game, but I have the Cowboys win that one. I say 23 to 19. So I think that's like five and seven. Then they have a home game against the Miami Dolphins. That's five and eight. So... That's six and eight. I'm sorry. Then you have the uh, then you have the Los Angeles Rams. You should win that one. So that's seven and eight. You should lose to the New York Giants. You should lose to the San Francisco 49ers. And you should probably win against the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry if I lost count, folks, but for the commanders, I think at best eight and nine. So the teams that they should win are the Cardinals, the Broncos, the Bears, the Falcons, the Giants at home, November 19th. They should beat 
the Rams. And they should win at the Cowboys in the season finale. Because I believe that the Cowboys, they're going to win the division. They're going to wrap up the division. They're probably going to sit their starters or whatever. They're not going to play as much. And that's about it. So I see the uh, Commanders 8-9 and nine this season. At best, 8-9. and nine. Now, 8-9, and nine, that doesn't sound really too bad compared to what I previously had. I think they probably would have been 6-11 and 11 or 7-10. and 10, But 8-9 ain't too bad. Because when I look at the Cowboys, I think Dak has a lot to prove. I think he will have a bounce back season. Um, and I think with the Eagles, there's nowhere to go but down. The Giants are going to stay where they are. So that's how I look at it. They're going to finish third. And as for the Commanders, fourth place. And last subject before we wrap up the show. Which one needs to have a breakout year in 2023? So you have a choice between Chase Young, Jahan Dotson, or Sam Howell. And my answer is Chase Young. I've told y'all I don't have that much expectations for Sam Howell. I would like for Washington to tank the rest of the season to get Caleb Williams. I will stand by that. Chase Young... Here's why. Washington did not pick up their fifth-year option. Well, hold on. We got a comment. Uh, it's from Willie Williams. As a Washington fan, that hurts. Yeah. But Chase Young, to me, has the most to prove compared to Sam Howell and Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson has been very impressive in the preseason. I think he will get nowhere but better. Sam Howell, I don't really have that much expectations because, like I said, I wish that the Commanders would tank the rest of the season to get Caleb Williams. As for Chase Young, this is a guy who was drafted with the number two overall pick. And after his rookie season, he had a great rookie season, won defensive rookie of the year, made the Pro Bowl, helped the Commanders make the playoffs. But since that time, you know, injuries has played a factor. And the Commanders, they didn't pick up their fifth-year option on Chase Young. They didn't. They didn't pick up their fifth-year option on Chase Young. Chase Young has a lot to prove because he should be in that category with some of the young elite defensive players like Micah Parsons, like Nick Bosa, like Joey Bosa, like Miles Garrett. Chase Young should be in that category. And when you look at the rest of the defensive line, you talk about Deron Payne, who's coming off a Pro Bowl year, double-digit sacks. You look at Jonathan Allen. Montez Sweat is going to have a big-time year. I think he can have double-digit sacks heading into next season. But Chase Young, it all comes down to you, Chase Young. He wants a big-time contract. If he wants a big-time contract and if he wants to stay with the Commanders, He's got to ball out, and he's got to stay healthy. And plus, there's even been reports about him either being traded to um, Pittsburgh or Baltimore. So what type of Chase Young am I going to get? So what am I going to get with Chase Young? Jahan Dotson is going to be fine. 
Sam Howell, I think he'll be okay. Although I don't expect much. But Chase Young has got to fall. Period. Period, man. And, and the story. And when healthy with him and Sweat, my God, you're talking about a dynamic defensive end duo. And they're in their mid-20s. Chase Young's got a ball out. And Chase Young has to remind folks, you know what? I hear all this talk about Michael Parsons, Nick Bosa, all of them. Y'all, have y'all forgotten who I am? That's what he's got to show. That's what he's got to prove. He's got to show people that, you know what? I was the former number two overall pick. Had it not been for a quarterback era, I would have been the number one overall pick. When I'm healthy, I could be a huge difference maker because of what I can do as far as my athleticism, my size, the way I can penetrate and get after offensive players. I can provide that. And look, if he balls out this season, then Washington, they're going to have to find a way to keep him. And they're going to have to give him a huge contract. Because look at what happened with Daniel Jones. Look what the Giants. They didn't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. But Daniel Jones had a solid season last year. And guess what? He got his money. I think four years, $160 million. So if J uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, that's the blueprint. If you're Chase Young, that's what he got to do. You got to show people what you were. If you show people what you were, or hell, even better, then you're going to get your money. Chase Young just has to remind folks that I ain't going nowhere. Those last couple of seasons, although I've been hurt, although I haven't been playing my best football because of the injury, but y'all must have forgotten what I was. And I'm going to show y'all what I'm capable of. So I think Chase Young is under the most pressure to ball out this season. But anyway, folks, I really appreciate y'all for taking the time to watch Commander's Demand. I know it may be a little bit short, but look, folks, I will probably discuss some more topics regarding football um, football next week because, of course, week one. And, folks, y'all know where to follow me, folks. If you, um, Sports PSP, go like and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well as my Instagram, Sports PSP, as well as my TikTok, Sports PSP3. And folks, if y'all want to hop on, if y'all want to come on Commander's Demand and weigh your opinion and add your opinion on stuff, please feel free. Anyway, folks, I really appreciate y'all for checking the episode. Please like and subscribe to The Grid Network. Also like and subscribe to Sports PSP. Thank y'all for hopping on to the podcast. And as usual, folks, God bless.